AI Ops is a natural fit in the 5G era with software-defined networks that are increasingly programmable. Human supervision of 5G networks is a bit like trying to hop on an electric train after it has left the station. AI-assisted automation is the holy grail for network managers rattled by a catastrophe precipitated by human errors. While early trials of AI ops in private and public 5G networks are promising, data capture in network labyrinths is forbidding due to many silos, emergent data standards, and insufficient data to train AI models. How are telcos and enterprise CIOs balancing the risk and benefit of autonomous networks steered by AI? Let's find out. Hi guys, this is your host Ashish Jain and you're listening to the Alignment Podcast where we go beyond the buzzwords and connect the dots between technology and its business impact. Meet my guest for today's podcast, Aaron Bosman Patel, Vice President of AI and Customer Experience at TM Forum. He's responsible for defining and executing the strategic vision for all AI, manages the cross-ecosystem collaboration projects and help to set industry standards. In our discussion today, we will uncover a few things such as What are early lessons from experimenting with autonomous networks? What are the challenges of setting data standards for AI operations and automation? How does AI ops benefit private 5G deployments? And how do CIOs prepare for autonomous networks and avoid errors without a way to learn from past mistakes? So let me welcome Aaron Bosman Patel. Aaron, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Ashish. It's great to be with you. So tell us a little bit about... uh, TM Forum, your role at TM Forum and involvement in 5G, AI, automation, and overall um, AI ops. Sure, absolutely. So TM Forum is a non-for-profit member organization, and, we, uh, and we're working in really enabling CSPs to go from what we called uh, telcos to techcos. So it's all about digital transformation, embracing an open digital architecture, which is AI and data-driven. So CSPs have the flexibility you know, and the automation to be able to go and launch you know, new services and to really survive and thrive in a very competitive market landscape. Awesome. So let's set the basics right. What is AI ops? I mean, is it AI automation? Is it something more or less? So and yeah, there are the two definitions I think for, for for AI ops, and the one that I really look at is is how do you automate your operations, and that's putting AI at the heart, you know, of, of your operations today as a telco. So that's about how do you add intelligence to existing stacks and then to existing applications, but then also how do you really go to kind of a new state of automation where we start to see things like autonomous networks really being you know put into place. So networks and IT can become you know self healing, self fulfilling, and this becomes so important and self-assuring because when we think about this new generation of services, you know, you know, this 5G services, we're not going to be able to have manual operations because it's quite simply manual operations cannot scale. And, you know, the whole idea of going beyond connectivity of 5G is is really ensuring that you've got new solutions that can scale and really taking advantage of 5G means, you know, you want to get, um, Latency is low, sometimes one millibit per second, um, you know, and also see massive amount um, of connectivity and devices. We say there's going to be uh, 30 uh, you know, billion devices on the network uh, by, by 2030. That's a huge amount to try and manage. Uh, and we also have to get high reliability into the networks to deliver those types of services. So you can only do that if you make your, in, your operations intelligent. And by doing that, you know, everything has to be self-assuring, self-healing, self-fulfilling. Okay. So so telcos have run their network for God knows how many years, right? So 
I'm sure they have implemented automation in their network for many years. And automation is, I mean, I, I also come from the telco space and I've seen automation done at many levels. Are we, uh, now you're talking about autonomous networks, that is definitely self-healing, self-discovery, self-forming networks, definitely the new new paradigm for many. But where do you see the challenges lie in how telcos are doing it today and where they need to be? Yeah, I mean, there's many challenges uh, here. Today, many uh, CSPs are only automating single domains within single uh, business units. What we have to be able to do is, is, is add automation intelligence to multiple domains across multiple business units. It's looking for end-to-end automation. And, of course, there's different levels um, of AI and automation. At TM Forum, we have defined six levels uh, of automation. And CSPs need to get a better understanding First of all, what AI is and what it isn't, uh, as opposed to, you know, things like advanced uh, analytics Um, and also, you know, away from rules based automation to true AI, uh, which is obviously self learning, self learning. and we really have to understand where is it going to make most sense to, to deploy it. And I think this is where we need to really understand, you know, where CSP strategies are and where it is they need, uh, where they need to get to. Because there's a great big gap between that, I think, today in terms of where we think we are with automation and where we need to be to deliver these new types of services that I get so excited about. Everything, you know, from industrial automation to healthcare to, to smart cities. We've got a long way to go as an industry. No, I think I think that's that's absolutely right. So now, but are there certain? I mean, five G is again, you know, it it has its own sort of um, broad spectrum of things. I mean, pun intended from spectrum, but it has a lot of spectrum. But there's a lot of spectrum of things within five G. I mean, there is consumer services, there are enterprise services, and then the moment you get into enterprise services, that opens another can of worm because now every vertical is different. How do you deliver those services? How does automation play in that? I mean, is automation or the AI ops like foundational or critical for the success of and telcos who play in private 5G? Yeah, well, well, let me let me let me put it this very very simply, and I, I hope everybody listening really understands this. Uh, Ashish, you know, it's estimated that there's 700 billion worth of new revenues uh, from the 5G B2B2X space. I can tell you, without investing in AI and automation, you will not be able to have any slice of that because networks will just not be able to deliver the amount of reliability. It will not be able to deliver, uh, you know, the the low latency that we really need to have for these types of services. So uh, AI and automation is absolutely fundamental and critical because the whole thing about delivering B2B2X services, technology is only one part of it. The other part is you've got to be able to deliver services at the cost point the market requires. So, you know, you can't just keep adding more operation staff, you know, in, into the network. And also, you know, with 300, you know, with 30 billion devices uh, connected to the network, you couldn't even do that with manpower anyway. So this is what people need to really understand. We've got to have a new way of thinking about operations, not only in terms of the technology we, we apply, but also the operating model that sits within it. So it's absolutely critical. That's a big number, 700 billion, right? And, and a statement like, okay, you, it's... You can't get any slice of it. It should be intriguing for many CSPs to react, right? Um, now let's let's uh, peel the onion on that a little bit. Uh, when we say you know for B two B two X services, five G B two B two X services, um, and automation is key. Can we spell out certain aspects of things that? Uh, whether it's a CS, traditional telco CSP or the new generation of managed service providers, we are we are you know that are coming up in the market to offer five G B two B services. 
what are the key aspects of automation they need to start with? Or like, how do they plan this? Yeah, uh, and really, there's, there's got to really be what, what I call, you know, uh, a standardized approach to planning for, you, for your AI. And that's why at the forum, we've even looked at to call it the, you know, the AI business canvas, which is very much like a, a lean business canvas. But you have to understand all the different components across the organization and what's going to be affected. If you think about AI operations, for example, you know, the way you handle service operations is going to be very, very different. Everything from instant management, event management, problem management. But really, you've got to make sure that you've got the right data, first of all, to enable AI and automation. You know, we often talk about, you know, data is the new oil. And as I always say, uh, Ashish, you know, oil has been known about for thousands of years. If you go to Texas or into the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, you know, the people who lived there for, for thousands of years saw this, this, this oil, you know, this black stuff. They didn't know what to do with it. But what, but what they did know was that this thing existed. Now, with oil, you have to refine it, right? That's the only way it's useful. You can make it into petrol. You can make it into um, plastics, all these other types of things. But as soon, uh, unless you do that refinement, it's no good. The same is with data in terms of AI. You know, that data is going to be the oxygen, Right, which 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 gives life to all of these new services and these new operations that we've got to do. So first of all, we have to look at the data, make sure we've got the right data, make sure we've got access to it, we can use it, we can do it safely and securely. Then you've got to think about, well, how do I govern this thing? How do we enable the safe deployment of AI? How do we do it at scale? And how do we reduce risk? So you've got to look right the way across the life cycle when we go into deploying AI. And these are the key considerations. Do we have the right data? Is it in the right format? Can we expose those data streams in a safe, secure way? Do we have things like common data models to make integration much easier? You know, and then do we have the services that require it? So, you know, can we launch the services that we need to invest AI in? Because you don't want to start investing in something and you don't know what you're going to do with it. Those are really, really good, good uh, set of items that you listed here. So I'm going to appeal, um, dig on one of them at least. Um, you said data needs refinement, right? I mean, that's that's such a valid statement because there is variety of data. Actually, you know, if my if I'm reading it correctly, right? And in, in my experience with Telco. Their data comes from so many different sources in so many different formats. So how do you, first of all, normalize it? And what is a consistent way of looking at it uh, across the board in terms of being even able to be analyzed? Is that fair? Yeah, no, and I think this is a question that comes up time and time again, you know, Ashish. I think we've got a dream as a, as a telecom uh, industry that we'll end up having one data model. Um, I'm not sure if that's ever going to be possible. You know, the more I dig into it, the more that I talk to people, they say, well, you know, the vendors keep giving us different data models that we have to use for their applications. And I don't see, you know, much change, you know, happening, uh, you know, in that way. Um, you know, at TM Forum, we have a standardized data model, which relates to the SID, uh, for those people who know us, uh, and that's the information framework. Um, and, you know, it, it's about though making sure that there is a common language, at least that when you start to use AI, that you can, that you can trace each and every one uh, of those data entities and really understand what it is that you're looking at. Because, you know, that's the way you're going to get lots of errors in this is if you don't really understand what the data is and, and how you look at it. I think really huge challenge. I don't think as an industry we are anywhere close um, to solving it. And I think that is something, you know, that we really have to uh, address, particularly if we want to start working, you know, with multiple different industries, because then we're going to go from, you know, which is a multiplied amount of data models that, that we have to look at and that we have to be able to process, you know, on our network. And every time you do a translation, even into a common data model that you might have established, it does allow, it increases latency, but also then it increases the amount of room for error. 
So I would say, Ashish, this is still a big warning sign that as an industry, we need to come together and learn how to handle, you know, data uh, effectively, safely and securely and be able to put it in a way that we can really make the, the best use of it. And then start to, you know, use it with partners because that data economy, uh, you know, is going to become really, really valuable. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, another another challenge I also see is, you know, especially in this in this newer areas like five to five uh, G private networks or five G B two B services and going across all these verticals. I mean, cellular has traditionally not played in those environments. I mean, even if it was, it was in a very minimal sense. Is there sufficient data? Uh, to begin with, or do we are we at a cash twenty two kind of a problem right now? Okay, wait, chicken and egg problem. Where do we start to analyze it when I don't have enough data to to identify a pattern? Well, I think we do have enough data. I think that's the, I think that's the challenge. In some ways, we have too much data. Um, you know, if you look at you know network data is is exponentially rising, and I think that's one thing that that everybody is very very clear on. Um, the challenge is, is what do you do with that data? So, you know, recent estimates, and there's all sorts of estimates everywhere, but it, it says we only actually utilize uh, and analyze 1% of all of network data. Ashish, imagine what would happen if we could if we could analyze even 5% of, of network data and all the data that goes across the carrier's wow. network. So I think we do have the data. It's just that we don't have access to it and we don't have very clear data strategies. So just before the pandemic, I spent a long time going around a number of CSPs, particularly uh, in Asia, looking at data strategies. And I was amazed at how wild they were between different CSPs. You know, some CSPs were collecting everything. Some CSPs were collecting and storing hardly anything. And I think that is the problem. It goes back again to what is that data strategy? What data do we need for those services? And then and then how do we analyze it and get the proper insights that we need? So I would go, I'd say actually it's not a data problem. It's a strategy problem. Yeah, I think, I think that's where I was going with is, right? I mean, sure, they have tons and tons of data from consumer services. I mean, they've played in that market for, you know, they, they dominate in that market. But when it comes to, okay, I want to start auto providing 5G networks, 5G private networks for factory automation or agriculture automation, um, or for any reason, let's say education industry, do I have enough information on that data strategy, or or do we do I even have enough understanding to form a data strategy uh, to figure out what level of automation I need to have to provide to your third point services that I need to offer them? Yeah, and I think this is something that I mean I think CSPs do have it. And I think with their partners they can absolutely absolutely get it. Um, but you know it, it is about creating a data ecosystem, and, and this is this is what is is so so important because that ecosystem, you know. I mean, mobile network traffic, you know, by 2026, we'd say something like 300 exabytes per month, you know, is going to be generated. It's huge amounts. It's, it is about working with those partners, you know, understanding what analytic capabilities you have to understand what it is you need for those types of services. So if you think about if you go to an enterprise, uh, Ashish, they have the knowledge. They will tell you what, you know, what information that they want to have and want to look at. Yes, you'll have to do some tracking of the data. You'll have to do some mapping of, of that data, which does take time. But but it is all there. It's it's understanding the strategy. What is that service that you that you that you want to to leverage and that you want to unleash? So if you think about you know something simple, even like broadcasting you know a television, for example, from a stadium, you know it's understanding you know what is that data that, that you've got to get all the way from the, from the uh, the stadium camera or a news camera back to the central studio, then then to process all of that data and get it back out to TV broadcast. You know we would understand you know TV something an example that the telecom have been in. For, 
for, for a long time. But, you know, they understand from the broadcast companies what data they need to enable this, right, how they package it up and the latency and all those things around it. That's what you have to do for every single use case. And that is the big shift, I'd say, Ashish, right? You can't just say, I'm going to launch a 5G private network and launch, you know, 10 new enterprise services. It doesn't work like that at all. And I've just written a white paper which addresses how do you deal with, with, with customer experience in the B2B2X space with 5G. And it's exactly this. It's saying you've got to really understand what 5G service you want to offer within that B2B2X space. And then really then work with partners, look at multi-sided business models and then apply the technology to it because it's seldom a technology problem. It is often not an understanding of the problem you're trying to, to solve. Very well said. Very well said. I think I think that's the that's the part of the problem because a lot of what I see is still a technology play. I am a data pipe provider. Uh, 5G is yet another services I can offer. Here's my edge cloud services. Here's my, um, I mean, bringing a 5G network with an edge cloud is what to a lot of people are still just like, okay, hey, I launched my 5G, private 5G services without a context of, okay, what problem I'm trying to solve. Correct. Uh, Otherwise, you're just a connectivity <laughs> provider. Right? You're, providing, you're providing broadband. It's just wireless instead of, uh, instead of wired. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of that is still out there. Uh, people are still treating 5G as just another great, you know, enhanced mobile broadband and, and extend that enhanced mobile broadband concept to enterprises, which is, in my view, uh, a recipe to, to failure. Um, it, it needs to be very verticalized and understanding the problem domain first. It is. And, and, and you, you've got to understand, she, CSPs cannot do this alone. You know, I can't see uh, people going out, you know, and, and in hiring, you know, something like 30 medical doctors trying to understand a healthcare solution, right? Uh, this is where they're going to have to partner. You know, there's many big hyperscalers who have very, a lot of um, speciality in these areas. And they have a lot of, you know, healthcare or healthcare professionals that work specifically in that sector. And I think this is why partnerships is going to become critical so you can deliver that end-to-end service, because otherwise you're just not going to be able to scale. And that's why I'm so keen on partnerships for delivering these new types of services. I mean, that, that's going to be key. Now, let's let's look at from this particular space, right? And I also see a different type of an activity where uh, it's not always telco CSP driven. I know you, TM Forum, focuses a lot on TSP, uh, CSPs. But there is a parallel, uh, I would say, environment getting created where enterprises are working directly with either hyperscalers or new generation of MSPs that are providing cellular, private cellular networks or private networks for their enterprise use cases, right? Where they are not coming with a lot of such package, whether they are greenfield CSPs or they are just an independent managed service provider, which are not as big as, you know, Verizon's and AT&T's of the world, but they have the telco expertise to offer an end-to-end private network services, maybe because they have played a role in managing their DAS, managing their Wi-Fi, managing some small cells in the past, and now they're able to bring in this whole ecosystem of private 5G, where the RAN is local, the core is local, and and they'll still be able to provide uh, cloud-based managed services around it. Is the problem domain for them different than what a CSP has to do to be successful in the private 5G? 
No, I, I think I think it's very similar. Uh, you know, I think I think it's, it's really about understanding what that what that delivery is going to to mean. We've you know we've seen a massive boost, you know, from those sectors really wanting to digitise everything from manufacturing, healthcare. You know, understanding that they need to digitise themselves. I think that's the one positive side, if there is one, Ashish, of the pandemic. Right? Is that yeah. everybody aware that they need to digitise, they need to do their businesses differently. You know, retail, for example, really went fundamentally online. Um, and, you know, you started to see them bring in their own in-house capabilities, right, to, to manage uh, the scalability that they need. So this is why if CSPs don't wake up today uh, to this opportunity, you will find that people in retail, healthcare, manufacturing, whatever, starts to manage and, and look after their own networks, maybe with, with, with partners in, in, in some other aspects. So this is the risk that we have if we don't move fast enough, is that you're seeing huge, big um, IT, you know, connectivity uh, departments being spun up within these own uh, enterprises. No, I, I totally agree. I think I think in any in any industry, um, you know, somebody will find a way to solve the problem. And uh, the longer you wait, the, the the higher risk it is for you to lose that opportunity. And I think we are seeing that already. To be honest, in this particular sector, I mean, I can't even tell you how many new companies I've seen that have emerged from nowhere um, in playing a role in providing private five G services. Exactly. Um, and a good example, is she, sorry, but, but there, if you look at JCB, right, they're the big tractor manufacturer, you know, make all sorts of heavy, you know, machinery. They've set up a whole ecosystem to get the machinery connected. Now, who would ever have thought that, you know, uh, a tractor manufacturer would start developing a, an ecosystem which is based on connectivity? So there's real examples out there, you know, and it just goes to show you how it can be done. Exactly, exactly. So talking about examples, have you come across an example that you think, you know, would be a setting stage for many others in terms of adoption of AI automation and solving solving some of these challenges in a good way. I mean, you know, you, you see a lot of service providers, what they're doing and what other players in the industry are doing, something that caught your attention. Yeah, I mean, and I think, unfortunately, you know, in a lot of ways, it tends to be more of these newer and greenfield operators uh, because they don't have the legacy and they've got different needs. And also they've been spun out and born out of the enterprise space, um, I would say. So if you think about people like Geo uh, in India, uh, that's obviously Reliance Industries. So they service already, uh, you know, a large part of their own industries. But it shows you how if you develop a platform business, uh, you know, you can actually start to, to do that and apply it to, to other areas. Now, they've got great success within their own Reliance Industries. But again, what they're probably going to be suffering with is how do they adapt it to people who aren't within the Reliance Group? So I'm going to be very interested to see how they can start to adapt with people who don't have the same uh, mandates uh, as they do. And then, you know, the same can be seen, uh, you know, uh, with Rakuten, you know, in Japan, again, born out of, of, of an enterprise business. So they know kind of what the requirements are to work within those enterprise and, and platform uh, types of, of businesses. We hear a lot of stories of other companies, you know, trying to shift towards that platform model. So, um, you know, uh, I think Axiata are doing a very good job there, setting up a platform business or being exposed through through open APIs. They've been able to do some really successful 
um, things uh, through doing that. Uh, you know, amazing using existing services they have, for example, hairdressers, for example. You know, they've been able to launch an app so you can do all people, hairdressers can do all their booking systems uh, through Axiata. You know, quite a simple use case, but it just shows you how if you have a modular open, you know, architecture, which is AI driven, you can start to launch these new services quickly. And I think, you know, the likes of Vodafone and Orange as well, you know, uh, are really starting to, to develop these platform type businesses ready for, for enterprise. Of course, you know, and the dish is trying to do the same thing in U.S. Hopefully, they will uh, at some point if they follow the uh, they follow what everyone else in the industry is doing. Talking about uh, programmable networks, right? So, definitely, network programmability is key, um, and you know, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding in the industry also what that means. I mean, a lot of time, programmability, you know, to many means, okay, I have exposed an API for SMS, and I've been doing that for for years. Like, I mean, for 20 years, I've offered SMS services as APIs. I'm already programmable. Um, what is that next level of network programmability that the CSVs need to think about now? Well, it's a very exciting area and a great question because it's something that, that I'm working on uh, at the moment with our members, and it's about intent. Uh, and, and intent in autonomous networks is going to be, is going to become a big topic, and that's critical. And what it means is, is that for any service that you have or you stack up, your network already knows uh, what it needs to do, how to provision the service, um, you know, uh, how to make sure the service assurance around the provisioning social right the way across that landscape, because, it, you know, you'd be able to say, right, you know, for this service requires this many, this, you know, this is the way to build for it. This is the way, um, you know, that you, uh, the amount of latency you have, this is the bandwidth that you need. And as soon as you stack up in, in all the different instances, it's going to be able through intent to be able to program itself. And this is what we mean by self-programmable networks, which is based on intent. Um, and that is going to be revolutionary in terms of networks because it means you'll be able to stack up new services in a matter of minutes as opposed to days, weeks, months. Because intent-driven autonomous networks will mean you'll know what the intent is when you launch a new service. And, and, and no matter what the different service scenarios are on different networks, it will be able to drive that intent and deliver it almost automatically. And to put an example to it, you, if you're trying to do predictive surveillance using computer vision, you need a different type of intent versus if you're just doing plain within a voice call, you have a different intent. Correct. Absolutely. And, you, and then you'll have what you call intent managers, uh, Ashish, which will manage all of that. Perfect. Perfect. Now, there are definitely, you see a lot of shift in, um, you know, the, the data landscape, as we, as we talked about earlier. And data is also being captured um in terms of newer applications, which are likes of natural language processing, emotion detection, computer vision, as I just mentioned, how does the data captured on the program from the application side uh, is used to optimize the network on an ongoing basis? Yeah, I mean, and it's also going to be, well, it's going to depend where that data is captured, what part of the network, uh, you know, it, it's being done on. Because obviously with edge computing, a lot of the data we're hoping is going to be much more nearer the device. Um, so I think depending on the scenario will, will, will impact, you know, how the network is going to be affected by it. Sometimes it might actually, you know, we might have to do, we, we can do, um, you know, proactive learning where it's in real time. So, you know, particularly on the edge and the device. But other times it might actually have to be looking at, you know, a network pattern within a day or a week to understand how the network is responding. I don't think yet we're at, this, at, the, at the point where, you know, we can have a single approach for this because we're going to have mesh networks, you know, um, 
you know, we're looking at different types of cloud, hybrid cloud environments, and that's all going to impact the way that data is utilized to inform what the network does. So um, I think we're getting to this point where we're getting much more influence of the data and, and the network patterns and understanding, you know, which service is going to recall, you know, which bottlenecks may be on the network or understanding what, you know, what the implications are going to be. But I think this is something where more research is going to have to be done as we genuinely launch um, new services. I think one of the problems we have, Ashish, is that at the minute we're doing a lot of theorizing and we're doing a lot of academic study into mm-hmm. how this is going to affect the network. This is a bit like using synthetic data for AI deployments. Until it's running on the network with the exact network conditions, you know, it's that's when the really exciting developments are going to take place uh, with that. Yeah, I think it goes back to your point. I mean, you need to collaborate. You can't do this in isolation and hire 30 doctors to figure it out. You have to partner with your enterprise customers and or other partners and ecosystem partners to get that data and form a data strategy. I think that's that's a, that's a very important point if you if I bring it back into this uh, the, your, your suggestion here um, one of the one of the last things I'm going to want to touch upon is the hybrid cloud I mean there's so much talk about hybrid cloud edge cloud far cloud this cloud that cloud how does automation play in that what is hybrid cloud automation can I mean I'm, I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of lot of confusion out in the industry on this one. No, absolutely. I think I think you know it's getting more complicated with the cloud. <laughs> there we all thought this cloud computer would make things easier with virtualization, and now we've got public, private, hybrid cloud, um, edge cloud, fog. You know, all you name it, we've got it. And it's a bit like day, you know data lakes, streams, ponds, etc. It's the same thing. You know, is it, happening in this space. But the role, the role of automation there will be to link all of the data sets between the the different clouds, um, and, and where where that data is sitting in different applications. Now that has to become automated, and you're going to have to use AI to do that. Now, the reason for that is because different there's going to be different legislation about different data depending where it is stored, whether it's near the device, on the device, in the public cloud, in a private cloud, in a hybrid environment. You know, depending uh, where that data is stored means very different rules will be regulated, means that you'll be able to do very different analytics and get very different insights. And also, you're only going to be able to move and share certain amounts of data. Now, that's going to have very, very wide-ranging consequences, particularly if you think about national borders, uh, international borders uh, and the different sovereign rules that you have around that data. So that is where AI is going to become very, very important because it will understand the rules around that data and it will speed up the data exchange, which you can have. Because as we said, for a lot of these services, um, that we're going to launch is we've got to use real-time data so we haven't got time for everybody checking manually can this data be used in this instance and what if something goes wrong so ai is going to have to monitor that and we're creating something at tm forum uh, which is called uh, an ai data governance engine which is exactly designed to do that it's it's to it's to make it's to make um, data governance uh, automated so that between those different uh, environments that you can you can look at and store the data differently and utilize it a lot of, lot of good stuff uh, TM Forum is doing around this area, so that's really good to know. Uh, we're coming to an end, um, Aaron, here, so I'm going to throw you uh, a tricky question here to end. So let's say I throw five buzzwords at you, 5G, AI, automation, edge, and private networks. How would you connect the dot between them for an enterprise IT leader? Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I'd say you need all of those. Or you need all of those. Uh, you're always meant to end these things easy, but never mind. Um, no, uh, well, you need all of those things. But the, the one thing that drives them all together is automation. Uh, and and that that's what I would say. You know, or, you know, automation is going to be based on AI. You know, you've got to have your, your cloud and those hybrid environments uh, to store and utilize your data. So it's just 
It's all just different names of the next generation of technology or different parts of it. You know, uh, the, the way I would look at it, Ashish, and I've just thought of this, so I hope it works. It's a bit like a fruitcake, right? A cake's a cake, but you've got lots of different fruits in it. And that's what, to an enterprise, you've got to understand is that all these different components are going to make the cake, they're going to make the network, and all of them are equally important. And you've got to see the, the end-to-end view. You know, if you want to make a cake, if you want to make a Victoria sponge, you need your eggs, your flour, your sugar, put it together, the right ingredients, you get the right cake the same with these new enterprise type services you've got to understand what service you want at the end and then you've got to assemble the right components and right technologies to come together perfect perfect i think this is really new domain for many and i'm sure we will see a lot of uh, exciting updates uh, definitely um, the work you guys are doing at gm forum putting all these governance and standards and and helping the, the community shift from being a Digital telco to uh, digital digital providers is definitely a great great effort. Uh, so I really applaud you guys for that. And and once again, thank you so much for sharing your insights and and being available uh, for thank us to have this, record this. It's an absolute pleasure, and hopefully I'll get to come back soon and give you some updates on how the industry is doing. Absolutely, we need to do this again for sure. Thank you very much. Thanks. Great discussion, Aaron. Your assertion on the criticality of AI and automation for the success of 5G is compelling. Losing any piece of the $700 billion 5G B2B market is not worth risking. I'm sure CSPs will learn a great deal from your insights and the work TM Forum is doing to help them transform their operations. Thanks everyone for listening. Please subscribe to the Alignment Podcast on your favorite platform. It's A-L-Y-N-M-E-N-T. I hope you will continue the conversation by asking questions and sharing your thoughts on the autonomous networks and AI in the 5G context. Feel free to reach out to me at ashish.jain at kairospulse.com or drop me a note on my LinkedIn. Wish you all a very happy new year. Till next time, have fun and don't forget to set your goals for 2022.